At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Game day edition of the HHC Hornets back home at Spectrum Center after more than a week away, and they'll be hosting the Orlando Magic tonight. We'll get your game preview for you, also do some scoreboard watching, and want to talk about the campaign for Miles Bridges for Most Improved Player in the NBA. We'll talk about it all with the host of the clubhouse on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ, as well as host for the Hornets pre- and post-game shows. He is the one, the only, Kyle Bailey. Kyle, welcome back to the Hornets Hivecast. Well, thank you again for having me, Sam, and uh, glad to hear your voice. It's good to be talking Hornets, and the couple of losses behind us notwithstanding, things have been overall positive this year, and I know that you're more than willing to focus on those things. I am too, and I'm looking forward to this one tonight because uh, a win would be fantastic. A win tonight would be fantastic. I think it'd be harder to find. There's always ways to find the silver linings in any situation, as you and I have both lived through in the last uh, couple of months dealing with COVID and everything else, but certainly tonight is one that the Hornets are hoping to put in the win column but we'll get to the game in a little bit want to start off though talking about miles bridges for most improved player the hornets have been rolling out this campaign for last week or so a little bit more than that your thoughts on the campaign the candidacy of miles bridges for most improved he has elevated his game in ways that a lot of people i don't think could have seen coming and i'll I'll be among the first to raise my hand and, and say that because miles has shown me some things this year in his individual growth that I would not have, I won't say that I wouldn't have believed you. I would have had a hard time believing you if you told me that Miles Bridges would become the finisher around the rim that he has this year with both hands. You know, the way that, you know, some of the, one 
real obvious slump notwithstanding, the way that he shot the ball, the way that he, you know, lifted this team, carried this team at times. Um, it was a big jump that he took. And I saw the Draymond Green comments about how much work he's put in uh, and specifically about becoming a better decision maker. And it's obvious the work that Miles has put in. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. If you watch the NBA, you know the impact that he's had. You know the numbers that he's put up. And I, we're, I, I'm, I'm not unbiased, right? We're not unbiased in this conversation. But I don't think that if you're an NBA fan around the country that you would scoff at the idea of Miles Bridges being most improved in the NBA. What, I mean, what do you think? Who, who do you think is the single biggest challenger to that award for Miles Bridges? Well, it's sounding a lot like John Morant might be it or, or Desmond Bain and Colin Sexton. There, there are a lot of names thrown in there. But I think Miles Bridges is a very deserving candidate, both for what he's done statistically. Sorry to put it that. You know what? You're right. That was, that was poorly phrased. It's not that there aren't more deserving candidates. It's just, and maybe I'm a little bit soured on this award given the way the Devontae Graham thing went down. Sure. I'm programmed to believe that, you know, Miles probably isn't going to win it anyway. And I love John Morant. I think most of us who love the game love John Morant. So um, there are deserving guys across the NBA. But when you just ask me who's is deserving, of course, Miles Bridges is deserving the most improved player. He's one of the most exciting young players in the NBA. He's likable. Uh, he's a good teammate. I, I don't know anyone who has a bad word to say about him. So uh, I, I'm never going to feel like Miles Bridges is not deserving of MIP. For better or for worse, the award has kind of become a who made the jump to all-star status. That's how it's played out for the majority of the last 10 years or so. And Miles Bridges was close to all-star, but didn't quite get there based off the numbers. He was probably you know a spot or two away on the invite list, but still borderline there. So I, I think the candidacy is strong. We'll see how the votes go. I agree with you. Devontae Graham definitely got the short end of the stick, but it, it, it kind of speaks to that point. It's not in many voters' minds so much an award from you know how low of a scoring average should you go to how high as much as a what is your stature within the league but it's a good campaign that the Hornets are running here it's worthwhile because Miles Bridges is certainly deserving of that consideration and it's brought out some interesting topics here Rod Boone our good friend from the Charlotte Observer wrote a great piece about Miles Bridges and his candidacy and he talked about a couple of the influences on Miles over the last couple of years and one that Miles was crediting was Gordon Hayward as someone that set an example that he was able to aspire to rather than lament being put on the bench. He took it as an opportunity to learn and look at the growth that he's had in the short time Gordon Hayward has been here with this franchise. That is something I got into earlier today on my show here on on FNZ. And, you know, there is, I get it, there's frustration. Gordon didn't play against Miami in Miami. And, you know, that was after missing 22, coming back and losing in Philadelphia the way they did. So I think we should all be able to acknowledge that, you know, Gordon Hayward is a productive player when he's on the floor. And Gordon Hayward was signed in part to play the kind of role in the locker room that Miles Bridges is describing and crediting him for. That was that was a big part of the conversation here when, when they signed him because there were skeptics. There still are skeptics of Gordon Hayward, the contract more than anything. But Gordon's clearly a guy you want in your locker room. He's, he's a model pro. And so Miles has wisely taken advantage of that presence in the building and that locker room and used it to his advantage. And that's what smart individuals, successful people do. And so I think, you know, Miles is, and I've said this for a long time. I, I know you feel the same way. Miles is a guy, based on what we've seen and what we know about him, that you want to keep around at your organization for a long time, uh, whether or not he's the most improved player in the NBA officially. 
he's a guy that I want here in Charlotte for the duration of his career if they can make it happen. Yeah, the only thing that might uh, you know hurt him in the long run of ever getting that award is he's he might have come so close to it now that when he does ascend to that All Star level, they might say, "Well, you didn't grow enough this one year, so you're not improved enough for this one year." But that's neither here nor there. When you look at Gordon Hayward and that example that he set, you know that kind of gives you the roadmap of what kind of player in terms of production Miles Bridges can be in terms of putting all the points on the board and helping lead franchises to playoff runs as Gordon Hayward has done for over a decade now in the NBA. The other player that was credited in the article by Rod Boone was LaMelo Ball, the guy who maybe brings out some of the best, most exciting quote-unquote, young Miles Bridges plays you could ever imagine with the alley-oops and the court vision. There's a quote in the article where Miles credits LaMelo saying, I'm happy to be playing with LaMelo. I would love to play with Melo for the rest of my career if I could. I know as a host here in the Queen City, you'd love nothing more than to see those two here in Charlotte for a very, very long time. Well, sure. I mean, in, in my business, you couldn't ask for a lot more. Uh, you couldn't ask for much more at all. And look, their, their chemistry was evident uh, immediately, right? The Airbnb thing clicked almost right away. I'm not surprised to hear him say that LaMelo has played a pivotal role in, in his growth, his development, and his place with this team and in the, in, in the NBA. Excuse me. Yeah, they're tight. And they've, formed, they've got something out there that is worth keeping together, that can be built upon. And I, I think Miles has a great perspective on the game. And on life he's a family man and uh he's in a good place I, I hope he and this team continue to grow together because it's been fun to watch i, I know it hasn't always been pretty lately and you know it, it's not always going to be easy it doesn't always last very long in the nba but hitting 40 wins together as a group you know at 23 and 20 respectively i think that's something worth pointing to and saying okay there's tangible things here that are going well miles is a big part of it we can remain excited about the future of, of Hornets basketball here's one more fun thought for you. you know a lot of times when you and i talk about the plane that the hornets are on right now now and their trajectory, you know, I look at it in the context of where are we in LaMelo's career compared to some other greats. You know, you compare LaMelo's rookie season win total to what Jordan and LeBron did with their respective teams, and it's a similar path. They, you know, won around 30-ish games their first year. They got to 500 their second full year, and the third year is where things really exploded. Here's a question for you, though, Kyle. What if I'm wrong? What if it's not LaMelo it might be one of these all-time greats? I'm not saying he's not. I'm putting it in this context. What if LaMelo and Miles are the modern-day Stockton and Malone? <laughs> oh, that is not where I thought you were going with that. Please to expand upon that thought. I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, we're in such a star-driven era, and the NBA for really has always been a star-driven era, but can you think of another tandem that's more tied together than those two. I'm thinking about, you know, okay, Malone was stylistically obviously different, right? But you went to him to get a bucket. He could get you a bucket. And what we've seen from Miles this year is the ability to grow into basically a walking bucket. Now, it hasn't always been um, at the high, high level consistency that you would want, I think, to, for them to be Stockton and Malone, but it got a whole lot closer this year. So, sure. Yeah, you've got me intrigued now. I, I see your vision in this a little bit. I like it. And I, I think I, I'm, I'm trying to put it in the context more of like, you know, are they going to be exactly that kind of player? No, they're, they're not. They're different players. They just are. But hey, I think this is a heads I win, tails you lose type of situation. If LaMelo ends up being the leading man, so to speak, or Miles ends up being the leading man for a title contender, that's great. If they end up being one of the all time great tandems, that's okay too. 
All right, we're going to talk more, I'm sure, over the coming days and weeks about the candidacy for Miles Bridges. But coming up next, we got a little scoreboard watching to do here with Kyle Bailey of Sports Radio FNZ here in the Queen City after this quick break here on the Hornet Tivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Kyle Bailey of Sports Radio FNZ. You can hear him afternoons 2 to 6 on the Clubhouse on WFNZ. Also follow him on Twitter at Kyle Bailey Club. All right, Kyle, uh, not that busy a day in terms of games that could influence the Hornets that the Hornets aren't playing in today. Charlotte versus Orlando tonight. We'll break that one down or preview that one for you momentarily. Um, But otherwise, nothing really to see here in terms of games that dictate the Hornets' standings in the play-in. There are games that could dictate who they play at the end of it. Boston's at Milwaukee, Philadelphia at Toronto. That could go a long way to helping determine the two-seed. I don't want to get too much into the tiebreakers and the minutiae. I'm I'm just going to ask you this Kyle, who do you want to see the Hornets play in the playoffs if they are able to make it there? And I don't really care is a acceptable answer. So I've developed a little bit of, of sports hate. Uh, let's just go with animosity toward Miami. I actually deeply respect the way they run that organization. Pat Riley, Aaron Spolstra, they're, they're a machine. Uh, they, they proved me wrong. I rolled my eyes at Aaron Spolstra a long, long time ago, and uh, here we are many years later, and I feel like a fool having done that, but I know I wasn't alone. So I respect how well run they are, but uh, man, that team really chaps my hide these days. They complain a lot, and then after a couple of nights ago watching Tyler Hero show up the Hornets with the three, and you know the trash talking to LaMelo, and the, I mean, they were, uh, I mean, that's a team that I would like to beat, however long the odds might be in doing so. And on the other hand, what, Boston, Sam? I mean, two and a half months ago, I, I didn't think they'd necessarily even make the playoffs. And now I, I still think Miami is the best team in the East, but Boston's given me a lot of reason to think they could be. So I guess I'd go Miami just because of the uh, the recent growing animosity, but I'm not sure there is a good choice. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I, I think no matter what, the Hornets would go into any series against Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Miami, or Boston as an underdog, there's no question about that. But I think it would just be, you know, the experience is what we're looking for here. I think the Hornets, as much as we want them to be a top five team in the East right now, the fact that they're not doesn't mean that they're not ahead of schedule still. I think they are. I think Charlotte's, you know, just has everything to gain from getting into a series. And I think there is that added element of playing someone who is in the division with you, has been a rival in the past based off previous playoff series. I think it's all positive to have that situation crop up again, and the team for it most likely to crop up with would be the Miami Heat. I feel all things put together, you know, the Hornets are on the right path to be, if not a top four fixture starting next season, a top six fixture. Do you feel that way based off how this season has transpired? I absolutely think they can be. I think they have some real things that need to be addressed on the roster. Um, And that's not necessarily that anything is uh, deeply wrong with this team. I don't think that's the case at all. But, you know, contracts are contracts. And, you know, certain players outperform their deals. Others don't. And some have the bill come due. So, I mean, this is going to still be a different looking team next year in certain ways. And I think that uh, there, there needs to be some 
continued investment at, at the five spot. But overall, yes, I agree with you. I think with Lamelo and Miles as a part of your young core, you've got Terry locked up. Gordon right now, I, I think, is a question mark, but we know he can produce when he's on the floor. And there's some real obvious foundational blocks here that can be built upon. So, yeah, I, I think that it's very possible this team is a top six team next year. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do because the NBA today, and I, it's probably just a microcosm of the world in, in many ways, like everything else is, but I mean, every, everything has to be so sped up. Everything has to happen overnight. And that's where I go back to the 40 win season. I know it's not going to, it's certainly not going to throw a parade for that in uptown Charlotte, nor should you, but it's happened four times since the NBA returned in 2004. It's not a cause for celebration. It's not a cause for hyperbole. What it is, though, is a marker and a clear sign of progress and progress that appears to still be, you know, being done the right way. So that is maybe the most encouraging thing of all. I'll stop right there because top six is reasonable. Top four, I'm going to I'm going to have a hard time going there until I see it. First step to get in there, maybe a a 500 or better season. The Hornets one went away from that. They got a chance to pick it up tonight, hosting the Orlando Magic. We'll preview the game for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sam Farber and Kyle Bailey of Sports Radio FNZ. He's the host of the Clubhouse afternoons 2 to 6, as well as on the Hornets pre- and post-game shows on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ, now on Bright and Clear FM 92 Kyle, we got a game tonight. Hornets versus the Orlando Magic. Orlando 21 and 59. They've lost six of their last seven, nine of their last 12, but among the three games they've won in their last dozen games includes the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland on Tuesday. So they can still win a game like this before we get into players and stats to watch. What are your overall thoughts on this matchup with the Magic? Must win. All of them are. Must win, but must win for the standings, must win for, let's be honest, the, kind of the reputation of this team, you know, going down the stretch. And that might sound dramatic, but I, I hope you know what I mean, that, you know, once with last year, we know there, there were massive injuries last year that led to this team after a really solid start doing what they did. This year, even though they've grown up by a year and there's still a lot of promise and things to build on, if it happens two years in a row, fairly or unfairly, people start to say there's a pattern here. So, you know, this is a game that for your reputation, for your confidence, you got to win. Um, I, I think I'm dancing around the fact that you'll be embarrassed if you lose a game like this because you're supposed to take care of business in these situations, even if Orlando has beaten a couple of, you know, quote unquote, good teams as of late. So I don't know how you feel. I try to look at things optimistically on the positive side, and I believe they're going to win the game tonight. But I also think it would be a, uh, a very, very agitating conversation to have on our station tomorrow if they were to lose this game. Yeah, I think really what's at stake here is the possibility, the opportunity at all to move up. I think that window closes essentially on the Hornets unless 
you know, Brooklyn or Atlanta fall flat on their face to open it back up again. But otherwise, the door closes unless the Hornets take care of business against Orlando here. So it's an opportunity. If they fall short of it, uh, it'd be distressing for a moment. Does it really change anything in terms of, you know, will the Hornets have to win one game in about a week from now to extend their opportunity to make the playoffs? No, nothing really will change. Um, But certainly the mood, the feeling behind this team, you know, right now, even with back-to-back losses and both of them being blowouts, I think you feel good about the way Charlotte's played. I think you clump this recent run of games in with the entire month of March and say Charlotte's playing on an upward trajectory. Um, But if you lose to Orlando, you start to say, okay, maybe this is a new page, a new chapter, if you will, and not a similar storyline, and things are trending in the wrong direction. But we'll be optimistic here. Let's get into our game preview. I need need players to watch, one for each team, and a stat to watch. You pick the category first. I'll follow you. Where would you like to go? A Hornet, a Magic player, or a stat? I always feel like I'm on Jeopardy when we do this. I love this part of the podcast. You, you, you've done well with this. Get, let's go with, okay, let's start with the home team. Let's go with the Hornets. I'd like to see Montrezl Harrell play. I'm joking, but I'm not. I still think that he gives you a lot, and uh, that was an interesting situation a couple of nights ago. I'd like to see Kelly Oubre Jr. I mean, to be serious, I'd like to see Kelly finish this season strong. And it, it looked for a moment like he might, and then he went 0-4 from deep on, on uh, Monday. And, you know, I, I know he's frustrated. Nobody's more frustrated right now with the way he's shooting the ball than Kelly is. But I'd like to see him finish the season strong and certainly be a, a reason why they win a play-in game or two and get to a full-blown playoff series. Can't argue with it. Kelly Oubre is definitely someone who can put this team on his back for a quarter or two and help get them a win. I'm going to go with Miles Bridges. Kind of an easy answer. Six straight games of 20 points or more. He's been outstanding. His three-point shot has really come around here in the last week and a half or so as well. Uh, He had been shooting a career low from three-point percentage. Uh, He's now nosing that upwards game after game. And I just like the way that he's playing. He closed last season really strong. He's closing this season really strong. I liked him to make it tough on those voters in that most improved campaign. Uh, He's doing the job right now. So I'll go with Miles Bridges, my player to watch for tonight against the Magic. Where do you want to go next, an Orlando player or a stat to watch? Let's go with a stat. I'm supposed to supply the stat. I was waiting for a prompt. This is, it felt like a game show. Well, okay, stat it is, and remember, points is cheating. Okay, sorry. I, re- I got really into this. I was thinking full-blown game show. 45 points. Uh, but seriously, the, uh, the the points category for the Brothers Wagner, you know, or at least one of them, because last time they combined for 45 points in that win, and I was not expecting that. So, uh, you know, that, I, I want to see what uh, one or both of those guys contribute this time, because last time they were uh, highly effective in beating the Hornets. Fair enough. I'm going to go with fast break points for this one, and there's a reason why for it. Charlotte's one of the best up-tempo teams in the NBA. Uh, They have been all season long, but for whatever reason, they've had a hard time scoring off of turnovers with the kind of volume that you'd want to see over the last couple of games. The loss to Philly, they forced 19 turnovers, only got 22 points out of those. Now, they did score a lot in the fast break in that game, but again, you know, a lot of times when you think fast break, you think points off turnovers, and those just weren't there uh, that game against Philadelphia. More recently, Charlotte goes to Miami, and again, they did an okay job scoring on fast break points, but not the volume off turnovers that you want to see. Both teams committed 15 turnovers, Miami got 22 points off the Hornets' miscues. Charlotte only scored six 
off the heat. So I, I want to see the Hornets get out and run, get more into their game. Uh, this is not one of the four heavyweights that you have to face. Uh, none of those teams are, are left on the schedule for the Hornets. So I think it's imperative going into that matchup with Chicago tomorrow that they get themselves in rhythm. And the best way to do that is to get out and run a little bit. Hopefully the Hornets can do that tonight. Okay, last but not least, I need a magic player to watch. Jalen Suggs. And I love Jalen Suggs coming out of Gonzaga. Um, didn't really have any expectation the Hornets wouldn't have him, but uh, loved him coming out of Gonzaga. And I think he's a tough player. And even though he's not really played uh, super well as of late, if memory serves, he made his return after a lengthy injury absence against the Hornets uh, last time out of, in that loss. And he scored a dozen points off the bench. And uh, let me tell you, I've got it here. A dozen points off the bench, six rebounds, seven assists. Uh, Jalen Suggs, again, a player I loved coming out of Gonzaga. Came back from injury, uh, faced the Hornets 22 minutes. Uh, he, he heard him off the bench. So uh, he's a guy I'm watching for tonight. Especially uh, coming off March Madness, he had one of the great one-shining moments in NCAA tournament history. So good timing to put him in there as well. I'm going to go with uh, the other Wagner brother. I'm going with Mo Wagner. A lot of attention on Franz Wagner in the rookie season he's had. He's got a good chance to be on one of the all-rookie teams. Uh, but Mo has put together a pretty good season here, his first run with his brother. Only eight points and three rebounds might not sound uh, that exciting, but over the last month and a half, he's averaged in double figures. He's averaged six rebounds per game. Uh, he shot the ball reasonably well, at least from two. His three-point shot still you know, part of the reason why he's not considered an elite player just yet, but he has been shooting it better the last couple of games, and he's someone who seems to come up with big games when Orlando almost inexplicably wins, including one of the wins over Charlotte. Uh, remember, at Spectrum Center, he had 26 points in that victory. So Mo Wagner, I think, you know, just trying to be realistic about who would have to have a great day to really trip up the Hornets. He's one that sticks out as a, a quote-unquote veteran presence on a very youthful Magic team. Indeed. This is a big one tonight. And this Magic team, as we've talked about in the past, they've got some young talent, and uh, they can certainly you know, rear up and bite you. But this is not a game the Hornets should lose. And Sam, I don't know how you feel about the way they've played overall. Well, I do, kind of. We've talked about it since the All-Star break. But, you know, 11-8, and eight, going back to the theme of more good than bad. Well, in a lot of games that we've seen them lose this year, there has been more good than bad right up until the very end. And, and it's, you know, closing out games. They, they've, got to find out, they've got to find out and find a way to close out the season here and to close strong because they do not want to be left, and they know this, they don't want to be left with the same taste in their mouths they had when Indiana embarrassed them last year in the play-in game. And so uh, they, they've had to learn how to close out more games, and they've certainly uh, done more of that this year than they have under James Borrego, 40 wins, so on and so forth. Now let's close out a season, and, and do, it starts tonight with winning a game that you should win against Orlando. There's no question about it. They want a better taste at the end of the season than last year's outcome against Indiana. I'll say this, and I think when you look at young teams, which the Hornets are, you see that inconsistency, that that learning curve, figuring out how to win consistently that sometimes eludes them. But what you definitely want to see in which the Hornets have demonstrated is that ability to rise up and beat the biggest and best teams in the NBA. And Charlotte's done that. So I have every reason to believe the talent's there. And it's just a matter of fine-tuning things, growing together, developing that consistency. If they do, I think next year could be a very, very special season. And maybe this year, when we look back on it, you know, depending on how it all settles out, uh, it'd be great for the Hornets to maybe emulate Memphis from a season ago where they made their way into the bracket via the play-in tournament 
early exit after that, but it was the catapult that sent them into this season where they've had such a great, great run in the West. Maybe this will be a similar strategy, a similar pathway the Hornets can follow and might start here tonight against the Magic. Kyle Bailey, you can hear him every weekday on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ 92.7 FM. Also follow him on Twitter at Kyle Bailey Club, and you can hear him tonight pre- and post-game for the Hornets game against Orlando. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, buddy. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For Kyle Bailey, our producer, Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We will talk to you tomorrow, breaking down tonight's game against the Magic and previewing tomorrow's against the Bulls right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.